Well, today we're beginning a new message series I've entitled Adventurous Living. And I believe that God's Word teaches that our lives as believers ought to be an adventure with Him. Now, what is an adventure? Uh, I looked it up in the dictionary, and the dictionary says an adventure is an unusual and exciting, typically hazardous experience or activity. An adventure is an unusual and exciting typically hazardous experience or activity. So let's try to unpack that definition. Let's look at what unusual living is. Now, the picture that I have for today or for this message series, this month's message series we have up there, and the majority in that picture, majority of people in that picture are gray, right? They all look the same. And they walk on the same usual path, or we might say rut, as everybody else. They just follow the crowd. But one person stands out. This red person stands out. And he is, or they are, it's not a he or she, are, are unusual. He is different. Now, I'm not talking about his physical characteristics. I'm talking about... He has a different lifestyle than the majority of people around him. An unusual lifestyle. Now, Jesus talked about this adventurous, unusual lifestyle in Matthew 7, 13. And you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your program. I'd encourage you to take that out. It has the outline there as well as the verses written out. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And so Jesus here talks about two gates and two roads. The wide gate leads to an easy road, a wide road that is traveled by many, many people. That's traveled by the majority of people. And yet the destination of that road, at the end of that road, is destruction. Jesus is talking about hell. People who are on the wide road are going to an eternity apart from God. The narrow gate, on the other hand, is difficult to find. It's small, it's narrow, and it leads to a narrow road. And the road itself is hard. It's not easy like the wide road. And yet the destination of that narrow road is completely different than the destination of the wide road. The destination of the narrow road is eternal life in heaven with God forever. And so the narrow road is the road of following Jesus. The narrow road is is the life of adventure that Jesus created us to live. And so living with Jesus Christ is, is meant to be exciting. It's meant to be different than the lives of the people around us. It's made to be different than the boring norm that's experienced by people on the wide road. And so the people on the wide road, they, they do seek excitement, but it's in all the wrong places. And they might derive some momentary pleasure, some momentary excitement, but yet, at the end, it leads to boredom and eventually death. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. And so here again, we see the life of the believer and the unbeliever contrasted those on the wide road are being stolen from. Those on the wide road are being 
killed by they are being destroyed by the enemy, both in this life and the next. But Jesus came so that we could have an abundant, exciting life, a life full of supernatural guidance, a life full of answers to prayers, a life in which we have the excitement of being used by God to introduce others into the exciting life that he has for us. And so we see that an adventure with God is unusual, it's exciting, but it's not simply a stroll down a country lane where the flowers are always blooming. An adventure is hazardous, it involves risk, and that is part of the adventure. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will never have a problem. Well, did I read that wrong? Uh, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will all be millionaires. No? Did I miss it again? Let me try it a third time. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Oh, sign me up. That's what I want. Persecution. So persecution is the enemy's attack on everybody that is living for Jesus and everybody who's having an exciting life following Jesus. We're going to be attacked. It's a hazardous life. What happened to Jesus? He was crucified. But even though adventurous living is hazardous, God is there to protect us. God is there to be with us. God is there to help us accomplish his purpose. And so who today wants to embrace adventurous living with Jesus? I do. And so today my message is called Choose Adventure. In order to have an adventurous life, you have to make the right choices in life. The first and foremost choice we need to make is to become a believer in Jesus Christ. And that means entrusting your entire life to him as your savior and your Lord. And at the end of the service, we'll talk more about that choice and give you an opportunity to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ. But if we're honest, we have to admit that a lot of people who are believers are not living an adventurous life. Now, why might that be? Well, let's think for a minute about who led the most adventurous life possible. And I would say the answer is Jesus Christ. I mean, in a short 33 years on this earth, he turned the world upside down. He defeated Satan in a cosmic battle, and he provided salvation for everybody who lives on this planet. And so how can we have an adventurous life like Jesus? Well, the answer is to live your life with Jesus, to walk with him through life, to follow him, to follow his leading, because he's leading into a life of adventure. The closer you are to Jesus, the more adventure that you're going to experience. So today, let's look at how we can choose adventure with Jesus. First of all, we need to put our priorities in order. If we set our own priorities, and those priorities are different than Jesus' priorities for us, we're not going to be able to live the adventure he has for us. But when our priorities are in order with his, when they line up with God's priorities, then we're going to accomplish the things that God has for us in his plan. And that includes a life of adventure. With wrong priorities, at best, we waste time. And at, at the worst, we work against God's plan. So how do we know if our priorities are in order? Well, first of all, worry indicates wrong priorities. 
Jesus taught us in Matthew 6.31, Therefore do not be anxious or worried, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles or unbelievers seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And so in these verses, Jesus tells us, don't worry about anything, including the necessities of life, such as food and clothing. Quite frankly, if, if somebody's life is reduced to worrying about what they're going to eat and what they're going to wear, that sounds pretty boring to me. How about to you? That, that's a boring life. When we worry, we show that the things we worry about are our priorities in life, what we worry about. We're not supposed to worry about anything. Jesus says that unbelievers, they run after meeting their own needs. That's their top priority in life. That's the definition of a boring life. But God knows that we need certain things. We do need food. We do need clothing. And since he knows, we don't need to worry about it. All we need to do is follow him, and he's going to provide for us. We choose adventure by seeking first God's kingdom. In fact, God... Richard didn't know what I was going to talk about this morning, but he gave the summary of the whole message and the prophecy. <clears throat> you had no prior knowledge, right? Zero. He just knew the title, but God knew. Seek first, Matthew 6.33, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so the proper priorities for a believer are to seek expanding God's kingdom and to grow in righteousness, to grow in our relationship with God. And that's where adventure is found. And if we have that priority, if we have those two priorities in, in line, if we're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then Jesus makes this incredible promise that the things everybody else worries about, food and clothing, those are mundane things of life. They're things we need, but they're, they're not exciting. God is going to take care of all those things that we need. We need to set our sights much, much higher than simply providing for our needs and taking care of ourselves. God's going to take care of us. And so what's adventurous about seeking the kingdom of God? Well, every human being is born in the midst of a cosmic struggle. Now, we can't see it with our eyes, but we're in the midst of a cosmic struggle between the kingdom of God and the domain of darkness. It's been going on since the beginning of time, since the Garden of Eden. And God has called every believer to be a warrior to rescue people from this domain of darkness and bring them into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. That is an adventure. It's unusual, it's exciting, and it is hazardous. And so how does adventure begin? How do we learn how to seek God's kingdom first? Well, it begins simply by daily preparation for your battle adventure. Now, as we go on in the message today, I'm assuming you're a believer. If you're not, we can, we'll talk about that at the end of the service. But for believers, you get your orders from your commander-in-chief. You get the battle plans for the day as you spend time with God, reading his word and prayer. It's absolutely essential. If you were a soldier in a unit, and you had no communication with your commander in the midst of a battle, what do you think would happen? You'd find yourself isolated. You'd find yourself cut off from the rest of the people, and uh, you probably wouldn't last very long. 
And so we need to get our orders from our commander in chief each and every day. And then we, as we live the day, we defeat the enemy through prayer and taking the actions that God commands us to do. Now, if we did a survey today, we've done surveys like this in the past, we would find out that it's difficult for people to keep a daily time of reading God's word and prayer. It seems like a, a very simple thing. How many people have difficulty remembering to brush your teeth every morning? Now, don't raise your hand. Okay, uh, <laughs> I thought that could be bad. So uh, most people don't have trouble remembering to, uh, if you're, if you do have trouble, we'll pray for you. Come forward at the end of the service. But it's a simple thing. It's a simple thing to read your Bible and pray each and every day. It doesn't take tons of time. I mean, we recommend 15 minutes. Really, 30 minutes is great. Or if God calls you to do more, do more. Why is it so hard for people to do that? Because it's a supernatural battle. You're in the midst of a conflict. You have an enemy, the devil, who, what does he want from you. He doesn't want you to connect with God each and every day because if you don't connect with God, you're not going to know what to do for that day. You're not going to be prepared for the challenges you're going to face. You're not going to be prepared for the divine opportunities that God has for you. And so he tries to thwart that in the morning by helping you hit the snooze button 20 times and then you're almost late for work. He'll find all kinds of ways to do that. And so this morning, part of your arsenal is this, we already mentioned it, this prayer booklet, Seek God for the City. It can kind of help you get back in the groove if you haven't been consistent in this good habit that's going to keep you in contact with God. If you don't have one of those, pick one up. Uh, even if you haven't had one, just you don't have to pray for what's on that page uh, an exact day. You can, you can use it beyond the time that it's set for beyond the 40 days. And not only will this, this prayer guide help you in praying for the St. Louis area, but it's going to train you to, to think about prayer a little bit different. Train you in prayer that really makes a difference. A question I heard recently, it made me think, and I'm going to ask it of you as well, so hopefully it'll make you think. If, if all your prayers were answered, if all your prayers were answered, how many people would benefit besides yourself? If all your prayers were answered, how many people would benefit besides yourself? Now, if the answer is not many or just me and my family, God wants you to expand your prayer life. It's not just about us. Yes, we do have needs. We ask of God and he will meet those needs. But God wants us to expand our prayer life. To many, many other people in this city and around the world through missions. So seeking God's kingdom first is about rescuing people from uh, rescuing people from Satan's prison and daily prayer is an important aspect of putting your priorities in order. It's an important aspect of living the adventurous life that God calls us to live. Next, we need to make Jesus' priority ours. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And these verses are at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. They record some of Jesus' last words before he ascended back into heaven. They're often called the Great Commission. And so having risen from the dead, Jesus now had all authority in heaven and on earth. And with that authority, Jesus gave final commands to his disciples that were there with him and to his disciples of all time, which includes 
you and me. And so if you're a believer here today, those commands that we're going to read in a minute apply to us today just as they did to Jesus' first century disciples. We are to go and make disciples. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so the primary command in these verses is to go and make disciples. It's to make disciples. And in the Bible, every believer is called a disciple. So if you're a believer here today, you are a disciple. And so these verses instruct us as to what should be our top priority in life. To go and make new believers from those who are not yet disciples of Jesus Christ. And so every day our prayer should be, God, help me to go and do my part to make disciples for you today. Now, many people think that when a person commits their life to Jesus Christ, the disciple-making process is finished. But that's not the case, according to Jesus. Every new disciple needs to be baptized. We see that in this verse. And then taught to obey everything. Verse 20, teaching them to observe just a few things. Know all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And so this aspect of the Great Commission is of vital importance. And overall, the American church really has failed to carry it out. The disciple is not just someone who's saved. They are saved, but not just saved. They must be taught not just to know Jesus' commands. Most of us know far more than we do. But they must be put into action. They must be obeyed. And a disciple who has thus been taught, what is he able to do? He's able to go out and make more disciples. If we just make a disciple and somebody becomes a believer, but they are not able to repeat the process and go and make another disciple, what's going to happen in the next generation? There's not going to be any believers. And so disciples must be taught to make new disciples. And that's a command for every believer. It's Jesus' priority for us in our lives. And so my prayer is that everyone in this church family uh, would make it a priority in their life, the Great Commission, just as it was Jesus' priority. Now, what does the Great Commission have to do with adventurous living? Well, the Great Commission is God's orders to his end-time army, to his end-time army of warriors to extend his kingdom to the ends of the earth. And what's going to happen when that is complete? Jesus is going to come back again. And that's wonderful. That's great. That's what we are shooting for. That is the victory. And so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you are a warrior in God's army. But unfortunately, many believers are AWOL. They're absent without leave. They aren't engaging the enemy. They are not advancing God's kingdom. They're not living a life of adventure. They're trying to Play it safe and comfortable. And so today God is calling every believer here today to choose a life of adventure, a life of getting into the battle and making a difference for eternity. It doesn't matter if you're young. It doesn't matter if you're old. If you're alive and breathing, your mission, God has a mission for you to undertake. Now, if you're on a mission for God, you don't want to get bogged down in civilian affairs. You don't want to get bogged down in worrying about things like your finances. 
And so God's word has many instructions in his in the Bible concerning finances that will help you utilize the utilize what God has given you, your resources to expand the kingdom, to be used in this adventure that God has called us to. And so just make one more plug because this is starting this week, Financial Peace University, Tuesday at 630 it's going to help you to learn biblical principles, and as you put those into practice, you're going to be freed up for a life of adventure, freed up more if, than if you hadn't followed these biblical principles to use the resources God has entrusted you to make a huge difference in our world today and for eternity. So it's not too late to sign up. We have quite a number of people already signed up, both within and outside the church family. We're excited about that, but we want to... We're not sure. We will be offering it again sometime, but we're not quite sure when. So we encourage you to, to uh, sign up today for that. And as Calvin said, there's more information in a handout in your bulletin. And you can even attend the first class uh, without signing up to see if it's going to work out for you. So we encourage you. There's still some scholarships left to take the class at a 50% discount. So that's another reason to sign up. If you have questions, uh, talk to Calvin or me after the service. So let's get a, even a little more practical about choosing adventure for your life. Today I want to encourage you to take what I call the plus one challenge. You know, God has designed his church for explosive growth. And we see that in the book of Acts. The church grew exponentially in a few years. And yet studies show in America... Only about 1% of evangelical Christians in America lead someone to Christ in their lifetime. Only about 1% of evangelical Christians lead somebody else to Christ in their lifetime. Now, there's something wrong with that picture. And so we don't want to be the average. We want to be far above that. And so this morning, I want to encourage everybody here to take this plus one challenge as part of choosing adventure in life in this year of 2018. What is the plus one challenge? Well, it's simply asking God to help you add one believer to the church in 2018. Asking God to help you add one believer to the church in 2018. Do you believe with God's help you could possibly do that? Okay, two yeses. Okay, very good. Okay, let's try again. Do you believe if God helped you, you could do this in 2018? Yes. yes. Okay, very good. <clears throat> now, without God's help, we maybe we can't do it. We need God's help to do this. We can't do this on our own. We can't change somebody's heart. I believe we can. Everybody here can do it and do even more. Acts 2.41, so those who received his word were baptized this is on the day of Pentecost, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Circle that word, added. People just didn't become believers and go off on their own. They were added to the church. They became part of the community of believers. And so the concept of making a commitment to Jesus Christ and never becoming part of a church, it does not exist in the Bible. It does not exist. It's... it's uh, Okay, it's a fantasy. I'm getting help from the audience. So those who make a true commitment to Jesus Christ will become part 
of a local church. Now, if each believer fulfilled the plus one challenge for 2018 and added one believer to the church in this year, how many people will we have at the end of the year? Very good. Some mathematicians here figured it out really quickly without a calculator. Twice as many people. How can we do this? Well, we need God's help. We need to seek the Holy Spirit's power. Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so that promise, really the key verse of the book of Acts, is a promise for every believer. It's a promise for every disciple of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit will help us to be witnesses for Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit will help us to obey Jesus' great commission. The power of the Holy Spirit will help us fulfill the plus one challenge. And so today I'm asking you along with me to accept this plus one challenge, asking God to help you add at least one new believer to the church in 2018 and then working to make it happen. On your Connect card, uh, on the back, in, in your Connect card in the bulletin, there's a place to check. I'd encourage you to check that plus one challenge, saying, God, I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to work this year, make it a priority in my life to add one person to the church this year. Now let's talk about choosing adventure again. The adventure in working with God is seeing people added to his church and thereby expanding God's kingdom. And when you make that your daily priority, your life is going to be unusual. Your life is going to be exciting and hazardous. And that equals adventurous. And who are we to seek to add to the church? Well, first of all, obviously unbelievers. And that includes the majority of people in America who claim to be Christians. Uh, it's well documented the majority of people who claim to be Christians are not true believers in a biblical sense. You ask them the questions, why they think they're a Christian, and the answers they give do not jive with what the Bible teaches. And so just because somebody claims to be a Christian, they still, uh, they may well need, probably need Jesus, but many don't know it. Secondly, there are many believers who have dropped out of church. They've had bad experiences in churches, bad experiences in various denominations, bad experiences in, in churches that were not preaching God's word. They've dropped out, and they need to come back to Christ's church. And thirdly, already alluded to it, many believers and unbelievers attend churches that do not teach the full counsel of God's word. And unfortunately today, the number of those churches are, is rapidly increasing. The majority of churches, I can confidently say, do not teach the full counsel of God's word. So in the coming weeks, in this series, Adventurous Living, we're going to talk more about how to be a witness for Jesus. Suffice it to say, you begin with prayer, and you follow that up with talking and engaging with people. Prayer and engaging with people. In just a few weeks, on April 1st, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, happened 2,000 years ago, and because of it, Jesus rose from the dead, and he's alive today. He's not dead, he's alive. The resurrection is, is, was really the message of the New Testament church. Jesus is alive. He's the Lord of all. Repent and submit your life to him. And so in your programs, see if I can find one, there's a new type 
of invitation. I'm going to pull it out, just take a look at it. We haven't used these before. Called an engager invitation. And these are designed to help you to invite people to come to our Easter service. On the back is information about our church. And it also has a lot more information than the typical invite cards we have, which are still fine. But this is information about the resurrection, what it's like. Uh, also has some websites people can go to find out even more information about how to become a believer. And these are intended to help you to engage other people in conversation. You hand this out to somebody you know and ask them to read it, and then you get back and see what they thought about it. And so uh, I believe these will be very helpful. There's one in every bulletin. There's more out, should be more out in the table in the foyer. And your mission this week is to give out at least one engager invitation and invite that person to our Easter service. You think you can do that? You got one in your bulletin, just hand out one this week. It's going to be an adventure. Okay? What's the worst that could happen? They could say no, they could give it back to you, and then you go to somebody else, okay? Uh, how many people said no to Jesus? We know quite a few. But we keep persisting, but we keep working uh, until we meet the person that God has designed that invite to to have. And even if they don't show up on Easter here, God's going to work in their hearts. And there's, you've sown some seeds of truth of God's word into their lives. And so God has an adventurous life for you and I to live as part of expanding his kingdom. He wants you to find that adventure, not by quitting your job or anything foolish like that, but on your job. He wants you to live the adventure on your job. People around you who need Jesus. There's people around you who are not plugged into a good church. There's people around you who are Christians who have fallen away from God, who are not committed. He wants you to find adventure in your neighborhood. There's neighbors next to you who do not know the Lord, who are not part of a good Bible-believing church. God wants you to find adventure among your relatives, among your friends. Everywhere you go can be part of this adventure. We choose adventure by making it our priority to seek God's kingdom first in everything we do each and every day, seeking to fulfill the Great Commission, looking for opportunities to be a witness for Jesus. And I guarantee you, if you're praying and if you're seeking, God is going to give you opportunities. There's no question about it. The question is, will you take hold of that opportunity? Will you be bold and courageous to speak when you have the opportunity? Or will you go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. God wants us to be bold and courageous. We'll talk more about that in the future. And so finally, if you haven't already, we encourage you to check that box, the plus one challenge in your, on your connect card between you and God that you're going to seek him to add one new person to the church in 2018 and you're going to pray this week for an opportunity to hand out and engage your invitation to somebody for our Easter service. And together, we're going to live a life of adventure with Jesus. Now, this morning, if you're not sure that you're a believer, here's how to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you are a believer and you've been here for a while, you should know how to lead somebody else to the Lord. 
The first step is for the person simply to admit that they've sinned. And ask Jesus to forgive that sin. The second step is to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross 2,000 years ago and rose from the dead. He's alive today. And the third part, which unfortunately is omitted, and it, is that the person needs to commit their life to following Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Commit to doing everything that he says. That Jesus is their Lord. So I'm going to pray a prayer now. I'd like to ask everyone to bow their heads. If you aren't a believer this morning, I'd encourage you to pray with me or you might want to recommit your life. You aren't a believer because you believe in God. That doesn't make you a believer. You aren't a believer because you were baptized uh, as an infant. You aren't a believer because you're a good person. You aren't a believer because you believe Jesus Christ existed 2,000 years ago. You become a believer by going through these three simple steps. So let's pray. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things, and it has separated me from you. And without that sin forgiven, I face a life without you and eternity in hell. But today, I believe that Jesus died to forgive me. He paid the price for my sins and he rose from the dead and he's alive today. I believe in Jesus Christ. I entrust my life to him. I commit my life to following him as my Savior and Lord, to doing everything that he commands me to do with no exceptions. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for taking me on a life of adventure. And for the rest of us who are already believers, let's pray as well. Father, we we thank you for the life of adventure you, you created us to live. And today we ask that you forgive us for taking a safe, self-centered road at times. And today we choose adventure with you. We want to put our priorities in order. We want to seek your kingdom first. We want to seek to obey the Great Commission each and every day. We ask that you give us opportunities to talk to people about Jesus. We pray that you give us an opportunity this week to hand out this engager invitation to some person. And we ask that you even give us an opportunity to talk to the person about what the invitation said. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to work both in our life to give us boldness and courage and in the lives of those that we're going to meet, that those we're going to talk to. We ask for your protection upon us. We thank you for the life of adventure you have. And we look forward to the stories that we will have of you working in and through our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.